Welcome to Boom Goddess Radio. This is Jennifer Davis-Page in studio today with my partners, B.B. Peters and Dr. Andrea Gould-Marks. The three of us have the privilege today of sitting down with uh, Stephen Jennings, who is the Associate State Director for Advocacy for AARP. Um, We are really, Steve, excited to have you here at the table to talk about some very important topics today. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Now. Facing all three of you. <laughs> <laughs> and not, the engineer behind it's you there. Not, it's not a firing squad. You'll be okay. Um, Stop the Greed and Reduce um, Prescription Cost Now campaign. We're going to talk about both of those things today. That we are. Okay. Let's go. Please do. Uh, and welcome to Boom Goddess Radio. Thank you. Um, what are AARP's goals of the Stop the Greed campaign? Well, you know, the goal is to lower the cost of prescriptions, you know, that so many of us take. Uh, the average senior, you know, takes four and a half prescriptions a month and, um, you know, has a $26,000 a year income. And the prices of these things have been going through the roof, the brand name ones in particular, and um, there's something needs to be done about it. We're paying the highest prescription costs in the world. And, you know, the main reason is the greed of the manufacturers. So that's why we call it Stop the Greed, Cut RX Drug Costs Now. So from the point of view of the passion that goes into being fierce about having advocacy for this, what happens? What is the um, What are the steps from... First of all, caring about it and having passion about it and making a difference. Can you take us through that process? Well, it, that sounds like a psychologist question. <laughs> oh, and, my gosh. You know, and, it is uh, a psychologist it, question. And it's a great question. Thank mm-hmm. you. And, uh, you know, um, I can tell you from an organizer's point of view, we like these kind of things that uh, people try and save money. And we call them pocketbook issues. Those are the kind of issues where more people will come to meetings, will contact their congressional representatives. But I'll tell you, to get back to your question, a real major part of it is I always like to call it the tidal wave of apathy that's out there on political issues. People like to shy away from them. So it's important that people feel like they can make a difference. Absolutely. on this and that it's they have their own story like i say the average older person takes four and a half drugs uh, a month i take i take four and a half i take four four a day i have uh, various conditions and they're miraculous things i've had high blood pressure my whole life my whole family has and that's one of the ones i take and when i forgot my pills and went to denver and i had to buy them instead of the insurance company paying for them it was 19 dollars a pill i couldn't believe it was costing them and that's really little compared to the story some people have but um I, you know another aspect of being involved is to you know there's an element of inspiration in things and feeling that you'll make a difference that it's winnable that it's practical and that it will save you money And we see all those aspects in this issue. In fact, you know, the president has come out and said something needs to be done about the prescription drug prices. Uh, U.S. senators 
have moved legislation on prescription drug prices. And so it's all out there. And, you know, there's a lot of people suffering because of this and having to make choices between, you know, other life necessities like food and paying for drugs. I was at uh, Walgreens one day and saw an older man who had to push the, the bag of pills back across the counter because he couldn't afford them. And uh, I'm sure they were not optional for him to oh, yes, take. Yes. So that should never happen to anybody. And tell us, what is AARP doing to be more engaged? What uh, type of activities are you well, engaged I, in? I don't know if you saw any of our television commercials urging one of the um, Arizona senators to take action on prescription drugs. Um, we've been doing those. We've been doing media buys. It's a national campaign because we're taking on the Association of Pharmaceutical Manufacturers known as Pharma, and they are so powerful. You know, they have two lobbyists for each congressperson. And this is, see, now I'm getting into making people feel like it's hopeless. But let's be realistic about this. And so we, our strategy is that you have to take them on not only at a national level, but at an administrate, you know, uh, take them on legislatively, take them on with the administration, take them on with state um, legislatures and anything cities can do. Take them on on all levels, which AARP can do because we have offices and, and thousands of volunteers across the country and make pharma's tremendous spending power be so dispersed that it's possible to, to make progress on this. I was going to ask, what happens to the petitions we all we also well and you know just we had the online petitions and people collecting petitions and the last count it was 628,650 some petitions we have just here in Arizona signatures and so next week which is the last week of co the congressional recess we're delivering them into the offices of all the all the okay. congress people all you know the two senators and the, and um and you know uh, it's a list of the people that signed them and the letter that they signed and asking them to do something on prescription drug prices now in the senate uh, one of the committees, the Finance Committee, uh, you know, chaired by Chuck Grassley, advanced to the floor the the uh, Grassley-Wyden bill, which has things in it ARP likes and thinks will lower the cost of prescription drugs. And so we want Mitch McConnell to allow a vote on that. And we want our two senators, Kristen Sinema and Martha McSally, to tell Mitch McConnell we want to vote on this. The House would pass that right away if the Senate did. So that's that's one of the things we're focused on right We've now. We've been fighting this for so long, though. This has been a fight that we that Americans have had for so long, and so many people, Americans that that don't have really good insurance for prescriptions, are now going to Canada to try and get drugs if they're near the Canadian border. When when do you think America will finally get it? Or is it just the greed that's, that's making this happen? Well, it may be a matter of rather than one giant solution, a, a bunch of small steps that we improve it along the way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, when you have, you know, Donald Trump last July, a, a year ago, 
he put out a tweet that said, Pfizer and others should be ashamed that they have raised drug prices for no reason. They're merely taking advantage of the poor and others unable to defend themselves. That was the president of the United mm-hmm. States saying that. Mm-hmm. Chuck Grassley, the chair of the Senate um, you know, Finance Committee, said the pro- the pro- in a tweet, the price people pay for prescription drugs is complex and covered in secrecy. There's plenty of room for transparency and improvement at every part of the supply chain before drugs reach patients. So you've got this consensus building in Congress. You know, our Congress is seems now incapable of almost passing anything. Mm-hmm. But there's there's consensus on drugs, it seems like building. And it's also polling is showing that if legislators do something to improve this uh, situation, they're more likely to be reelected. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's the key political right? motivation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it winds up being a political. Situation. So it might be our window of opportunity to get some things done. And one of the things in this Senate bill, listen to this, that that the Finance Committee passed out and is that the pharmaceutical manufacturing companies, the big ones, are paying the generic companies not to produce generics. Oh, my. OK, so we want to make that illegal. That should be illegal. Now, is that a bill currently floating that's around? In, that's, that's in this in grassley widen oh, bill. Oh, that's in the Grassley bill. Yeah. Okay. And then there's another provision in it. Listen to this, that the, the big manufacturers will not give samples to the generic companies so they can figure out a generic and produce it. And that, and that you know, all they want are samples. The doctors give out samples left and right. You know? <laughs> and so... Um, you know, that is in there also that they would have to provide samples. So uh, those are two of the things in the bill that we like that we think would help. The quicker you can get generics out there, you know, that are medically equivalent and all that, uh, the cheaper it'll be for people and they can afford the other things they need to have. So our listeners are probably, you know, picking up on this and probably want to know what they can do to help AARP besides signing the petitions grassroots well you can con you know the usual answer is to contact your congressional mm-hmm. office mm-hmm. and um not only your congressperson but the two senators and you have to keep trying i called martha mcsally's office the other day and you know it was uh it was not answering and the lines were the message box was full but you know that's the kind of pressure that's going on and i'll tell you what's going to happen is next december you know, Donald Trump is going to sit down with Mitch McConnell, the, you know, the, the head of the Senate, and Chuck Schumer, the, major, the minority leader in the Senate, and Nancy Pelosi in the House, and Kevin McCarthy, you know, the minority leader in the House, and they're going to cut a deal on a whole bunch of issues. And, and, and one of those needs to be prescription drugs. So it's a great question. What can people do? We need to drive this issue so that it's high enough on their priorities that it's included in that deal. Well, we need to talk to our local senators and congressmen now. That's right. Before before recess is over so that when they get to the table in Washington in in a week or so— they can they they know how serious Americans are about this. That's this, right. This the sixth of September, next Friday, is when the recess is over. This big long summer recess, and so if they're out in the community, if you see them, you got to be brave. Just ask them what they're going to do about the cost of prescription drugs. That we want something done. We don't want it talked about. 
You know, we need it on the floor for a vote and both houses have to pass it and then the president has to sign it. I, so I think that Jennifer um, talked about um, people going to uh, Canada and uh, Mexico to get uh, drugs. What is AARP's um, idea behind the importation of drugs? Uh, uh, well, drugs. you know, Florida, uh, the state of Florida legislature passed a bill to import prescription drugs from Canada, and it would um, uh, have them be distributed through the regular drug stores and wholesalers, uh, and it needs approval from the federal government. And it looks like the federal government will um, uh, give approval at this point. It's, it hasn't happened yet, but... Well, what will Big Pharma say about that? Well, they didn't, be... they didn't like it. They fought sure, it, and ARP right? supported it, and it was a big fight. But interestingly, Florida has a Republican governor that, when he was running, said he wanted that to be a centerpiece. And, uh, and then the legislature made it happen, and it was a big fight. Talk about electability in a state that's loaded with seniors. Yeah, and that's right? that's got more seniors than any other state. You know, yeah. Florida. Are yeah. we a second? I th- no, I mean, well, we're not second in terms of of senior population. Right, we're not. It, I think it'd be Texas. It generally follows the reg, you know, okay. the the standard population. Uh, California is kind of an exception. It's a young state. Actually, Arizona is a young state. Believe it or not, we do have a lot of retirees here. But um, if when you look at the statistics, we've got a lot of young people too, and that's good, right? Yes, absolutely. it's very good. The blend and the balance. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. and, and, and get them educated, and they can get good jobs and right. pay lots of taxes and make sure Social Security is secure. And yes, right. good yes, stuff, exactly, you know. because. AARP has over 800,000 members alone, right, in this state. Interesting. Listen to this. Interestingly, we just passed 900,000. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? You know, as fast as you can turn around, fastest growing AARP in the the United States, percentage-wise. Is that right? Florida has 3.2 million AARP Mm -hmm. members, Mm -hmm. but... uh, But Arizona has this 900,000. And, you know, there's a lot of issues we have, you know, in the state. It's generally not understood. But, you know, about one in every nine. Am I okay on time? Perfect. One in every nine Arizonans is spending an hour or more taking care of an older person, an hour or more a week. Maybe it's just picking up the prescriptions, family caregivers, Mm -hmm. and um, it's a wonderful thing. 804,000 family caregivers in the state, people taking care of their own. The average average, um, family caregiver spends $7,000 a year out of their own pocket taking care of their loved ones, and that's over $100 a week. And, um, And so we did get a bill through the legislature that would reimburse some of those expenses up to $1,000 a year. Uh, every, and it's only every third year you can get it with just a little bit of money. We got wedged in there. But finally, the legislature admitted there's this vast percentage of the population that is keeping the, uh, the expenses off the back of the taxpayer, really. Uh, well, it's wonderful because when you're, I, I'm taking care of my 95 year old mother. Wow! And um, and I share that with my sister. I I, I she's with me. Who's for, the better bowler, you or your mother? <laughs> <laughs> I think she's the better bowler. Her blood pressure is better than mine. But um, that's not unusual. It can yes, be harder on yes, the caregivers. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Sure. And we need to really salute them because there's a there's men and women that are taking care of their parents that. Don't have to. 
I mean, they could, right. they could dump them somewhere. That's right. You know, but they love them and they are caring for them. And I really take my hat off to these caregivers because yeah, it's, it's a, not an easy job. And it's they're invisible and it's 24 yes. seven. Yes. And, you know, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And it's financially, it costs you money mm-hmm. to pay for the gas mm-hmm. and to run them to appointments and all those things you have to do. And it's little recognized. So we're, that's another thing we're working on is trying to bring that, make that more visible. We're going to take a brief break. But when we come back, I want to talk to you about uh, having caregivers, if, if it's possible to have caregivers be paid a little bit for what they do for their loved ones. If there's some kind of bill we can put together for that. We'll be right back. Don't go away. to Boom Goddess Radio. This is Jennifer Deus Page in studio with B.B. Peters and Dr. Andrea Gould-Marks and our wonderful guest, Stephen Jennings, who's the associate director uh, uh, for AARP for advocacy um, in the state of Arizona. Steve, I know this is a hard question. I don't even know if there's an answer to it, but I'm going to just throw it out there. Um, so, So many people have have assistance with having people come in and help with with their 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 loved ones and those people get paid i mean i know you have to be on meta you have to be i think on medicaid and access yeah and access now for those people which is fine so they get paid 12 14 dollars an hour to come in and, and help now what about other people, let's just say like myself and others that are taking care of their parents, all right, there are times that I can't work because this is this is a full-time job. Is there or can there be, I don't know, I'm asking you to write a bill, I guess, but I'm wondering is it possible for for that same that same opportunity for caregivers to make, even if it's like 20 hours a week, I'm not asking for a full-time job, but for people 15, 20 hours a week that take care of their loved ones, because there's a lot of parents that don't want strangers to sh- shower them or to help them in the bathroom. They want their loved ones to do that. So do you think that's even something I'm going to talk to a congressman and a senator about this, but I'm going to I'm just wondering if you heard any anything about that. Well, you speak of that like a family caregiver. You're very eloquent about it, and you're right about it. People should, you know, get some remuneration for, you know, what they're doing. And it's not a new idea. It's been around a long time, and people have been advocating for it. And the problem is growing, you know, as boomers age, this big bulge in the population, and their children have to help them as they age in place, it's going to be a a bigger problem than ever. I was just in Congressman Stanton's office yesterday. Yesterday afternoon with some of the folks from organized labor talking to him about bills on paid medical leave Mm -hmm. and paid family leave. 
that, you know, a lot of uh, caregivers still work. Yes. In fact, most of them, the average caregiver mm -hmm. is a 56-year-old woman who's taking care of somebody in their 70s or 80s uh, and running them to appointments and works. And so if she has to take time off, then she should be paid, continue to be paid. That's part of the answer to the program. I know AARP on the other end of life, you know, if you have a baby, AARP, uh, we just increased um, the maternity benefits from two months to four months oh, with wonderful. AARP. And in fact, one of the men that works in my office is going to New Jersey until the end of the year and replace a woman there for four months okay. who's having a baby. So uh, that's part of the answer. And yeah, you're right about talking to your Congress people about that issue. It's, I mean, should to be handled on the state level. You also have political influences that say people are taxed too much, and so they tend to be opposed to that idea. Uh, so how do you, you know, I think there are some states that have done a, 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 a diversion of your one cent of your paycheck throughout your work life into a long-term care account mm -hmm. that can be used later years to finance some of that. It's, uh, I don't know what these um, home health care agencies charge. What do they charge? Have you had any of them in here? It's about $25 an hour, isn't it? Well, if you're on Alltech, which is Arizona Long-Term Care, yeah. they pay those people, I think, between $12 and $14 an hour to come in and, and take care right. of, of of the, if you're of the poor patient, enough, if you're poor enough to be on access Alltech so, there. Uh, so yeah. if you're poor, you're okay. And if you're wealthy, you're okay. Right. But then it happen what happens to the group in um, the middle it, there? Always. That's always, always what it yes, is. Yeah. yeah. And um and it has to be fought for and won and um it will it will I think it will come. At it's you know, a time a window of opportunity will come, hopefully. But right now AARP's focused on this prescription drug thing. As as well you should. Yeah. But I think yeah. I might I think I might take this on. I think I'm, I might be knocking on some doors. So um, You can't be wrong there. It's no. needed. Yeah, absolutely yeah. is. Absolutely is. You know, some of that stuff had legislators, like state legislators, look at as a black hole to pour money into, mm -hmm. frankly, because mm -hmm. um, there's so many mm -hmm. family caregivers out there. And so there's the need is so great. And. You know, the amount of effort that's going on is so great. And, you know, at what level do you take it on? And but but, you you know, know, but the, our lawmakers, as good or bad as they are, unless you feel the pinch of that, you know, unless you really understand, because all of them are, are millionaires, so they don't know what that's like. What they don't know what that feels like. So their mothers and dads or whatever they have, they're they're up there so they can pay people to come in and care for them. So I think if you don't feel the real pinch of it, you don't really even understand. Yeah, it's true. But you know, it's interesting um, at the legislature this year, the Arizona legislature, because um, we didn't find on our family caregiving bill that it broke down along party lines. It tended more to break down along age lines, okay. like older. Legislators had had family experience with family caregiving and knew how difficult mm -hmm. and expensive it can be mm -hmm. and how oftentimes the caregiver will die before mm -hmm. 
the person they're caring for. That's not unusual. And so there was a lot of sympathy up there. But then again, you're talking about the budget and a lot of competing demands, Mm -hmm. you know, education Mm -hmm. and all those other things that since we went through the recession, you know, that haven't had the money made back up prisons. You know, you're fighting for all of this. So um, that's on the state level. But uh, these, you know, bills we were talking to uh, Congressman Stanton about, that's on the federal level. Paid family leave and paid medical leave. Yeah, if you have to get off work to take grandma to the doctor, uh, maybe you should get 60% of your salary for that time. How effective are the ads? Let's just slide it over from the ads on Big Pharma. How effective are those ads sponsored by AARP? And is the media, or might you have advice for people who create media to bring attention to this issue, the the one that Jennifer brings up about being a caregiver? And and what needs to to happen in, in terms of some compensation? Well, you know, as... As much as you can create public consensus to do something about it, the uh, elected representatives do respond to public consensus. But, you know, people are busy, right? We're working. We have children. We're trying to pay mortgages. We'd like to save up a little money for retirement and keep all the bills covered. And, you know, people are scattered. Uh, Their attention is scattered. So how exactly do you create consensus? You're right. The ads are one way about it. But, you know, anymore, you know, it's not like there's three TV networks, are there? And uh, there's all this stuff on the web, like the Boom Goddess Radio or or webcast, podcast. Yeah, you know. And so uh, the media strategies tend to cover lots of things now, including social media. So um, uh, it will, I think, to get reimbursement for more family caregivers will is is something that you don't do tomorrow. But you begin that process and we begin raising in every conversation we have where it's appropriate. This is an issue with people and begin to build that consensus. It's, you know, like I said, the average caregiver in Arizona was a 56 year old woman. Mm -hmm. In many ways, it's a women's issue. Right. Right. Caregiving. The majority of it falls on women. And so. Women should talk among each other about it. Right. So before consensus is awareness. Yes. Right. And that's really, right. And consensus. And then consensus. Yeah. Yes. That's and, right. And also the fact that because you know, we we ask people if they're caregivers, and they go, "Oh no, I'm not a caregiver," but they are a caregiver. Mm-hmm. They just don't even know it. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't even mm-hmm. think that way about yeah. it. And you mentioned this. So our main sector of uh, demographic is women fifty plus, right? So that's the sweet spot. That's. Uh, exact 